Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. Today, we are running a little special episode of um, a bit of a commentary on some recent articles we found in the news, which are addressing the issue of stigma around obesity and overweight in our population. And one article in particular has quoted that some obese patients are waiting up to nine years to reach out for help, which we find is astounding and then leads to those comorbidities and the other problems that are related to obesity. And finally, you know, we're realising that obesity is not more of an exercise more and eat less issue. Much more, there are many more drivers than that. So today I thought we'd talk about these articles and overall kind of explore the idea of stigma and um, what society is doing around that at the moment. And my guest is Shannon Taylor, who is a previous bariatric patient. So he's a great voice of reason in that area, but he's also got a great um, voice in that community around, you know, dispelling the stigmas around overweight and obesity, as well as kind of alerting the masses that perhaps bariatric surgery is not the easy way out. So welcome, Shannon. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me again, Jackie. And I still am a bariatric patient, though. Well, yeah. still of... a bariatric patient. <laughs> uh, three years out, but yeah, still living the dream. That's good. And and we're always excited about watching your progress and um, and your support of the community and the voice you are. So that's why we've got you here today. Um, so the two articles we were looking at, one was from the um, Royal, Australian, Royal Australian College of General Practitioners talking about breaking the cycle of shame and blame for obesity. I won't go into the you know word for word of the article. The other one was in the Nine News on March the 5th where uh, one of the people that we were interviewing was saying that she felt embarrassed to go to her GP and get some help. And that was sort of where it led into talking about how long it takes for some patients to either reach out for help or actually be offered help. They go to their doctor for other things in the meantime, but are we addressing this issue? Now, what are your thoughts on that, Shannon? Well, it's funny, ever since you put that towards me, I've had mixed reviews on it. I've been sitting on it, pondering on it and trying to think my way through it. And I'm, I'm on both sides. Uh, one, because I think it's one of those things we need to, uh, especially at bari- at bariatric patients, when you do finally make the decision to want to have bariatric surgery. You want to be approached, well, you want to talk, sit down and have the conversation and not feel, I guess, judged. Uh, but then also on the other hand, it kind of, you don't want people to put it forward to you uh, because we we don't want to feel like, you know, we have an issue. Uh, we don't want people to, you know, to sit down with us, our GP and then them to be like, oh, you know, I think you need to have weight loss surgery. So I think mm-hmm. with weight loss surgery and bariatric, bariatric surgery, it's very important to uh, make that decision for yourself. So I am torn between the two, but I definitely feel there needs to be more education, especially with GPs to understand the complexity of, mm-hmm. of you know, what goes in behind bariatric surgery, I think that's definitely a point that needs to be brought up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I suppose, do you feel do you feel that there's enough support or understanding of obesity in itself? Are we 
I mean, we hear, again, the same as you, I hear both sides of that. I hear people looking for help and going to their doctors and being told to exercise more and eat less when obesity is not as simple as that. And it's a magic, a big puzzle that's, you know, pieces together to bring about that end result when someone's, you know, grossly overweight. Mm. Are they going to the doctor and being told to exercise more and um, eat less? Or are, you know, they're going to the doctor and the doctor's saying, hey, I can see that you're getting, you know, your weight is going up each time I see you. Is there anything we can do to help you? Um, Was that ever put forward to you for other reasons when you went to the GP or, you know, different places that you visited for other health reasons? Was it brought up or was it not talked about very well? Uh, So I think that was one thing my GP did really well. Like I've had my my doctor for a very long time and he didn't push it before it was was before it was needed to be pushed. So he kind of said it at a point that I was in that part of, I'd ran out of things to try. Um, And he put it forward as not just the, you know, the he put it through as like, you know, there is another option. It's something you can look into. It wasn't so much as one, the first option. It was the last mm. option. Yes. Which I think when he put it forward to me, put it forward in a way of, you know, maybe consider this, not this is what you need. So I think with my GP, he definitely put it across in a way that uh, resonated to me and made me take those steps to consider it. And, and you kind of said this before, I think one thing we need to really understand is even bariatric surgery has come a long way, but it still has a long way to go and we're constantly being educated on it. And I think one thing that needs to be focused on is the education around obesity in general. Um, um, and, you know, I've talked to a few people about that and putting a face to obesity and understanding that not, not every case is the same. Very important because like, you know, the more people I sit down with, the more people I talk to, I understand there's, there's things that led them to get to this point, which means to unravel that big ball, you need to approach it differently than everyone else. So, you know, to unravel one ball, it's, it's lots to do with mental health and, and issues yeah. revolving around food. And yeah, I won't, yeah, it's one of those things that everyone's different. I think education has still got a long way to go, but by people taking small step a day, it's eventually going to get us there. Yeah, correct. And, and I think that's right. I think we're starting to recognise that it's a mental health issue as well as genetics and also environment, education. You know, it's a range. I always say that mm-hmm. obesity is 100 things all pulled together for that end result and surgery is one of those. And so looking at the other components of what has, you know, ended, what has gone on to leave that person in this predicament with their health. Do you think GPs in general are given enough information to know how to approach the subject of weight and overweight with an obese patient? I think it, it comes down to a case by case. Some mm. GPs, yeah. Um, some GPs, no. Like, for example, like Lita and I, we had a conversation of the week about her GP sitting down and approaching her in a way that made her feel very uncomfortable about it. And he was very close-minded to it, which led her away from it, um, mm. which now we can see the proof in the pudding. It was what she needed. And she approached another GP who was quite educated in the subject and pushed her in the right direction that she could take those steps. So I think, yes, some are, some aren't. But I think it's a case of just the people that aren't just being open-minded enough to push them in the direction of someone who may be. Yeah, correct. And I think, you know, it comes down to the GP. Also, their general practitioner, they see 150 different things in practice every day. So we can't expect them to be across everything, but to Mm. kind of be able to guide you and, um, yeah, to know, I suppose, when when the time has come. What do you think can be done to normalise the fact that obesity is not a choice? It's a combination of factors that lead a person down that path. Yes, I was talking to, I can't remember who it was, there's a charity to do with obesity the other week and they, they have a really good approach to it and they're more trying to put a face to obesity. So I think that's the one thing like when pe- most people in society who don't deal with being obese see an overweight person, they just automatically go, you know, eats too much, doesn't exercise, lazy, you know, there's certain stereotypes they put towards that person where it's not always the case. Like someone may be active, have a relationship with food for certain reasons. And I think by approaching them in the way of an individual subject rather than a mass, you know, stereotype, 
stereotype, it's going to help break that stigma because it's going to help people under Like the more people I sit down with, the more I sympathize with people who suffer with obesity and, and go through this whole process because case by case, you start to break it down and understand what led them to where mm. they're at rather than just looking at them as like just another overweight person. That's right. We're looking at the end product rather than what the causative factors are. Yeah. And I know in your podcast weekly, you you interview many different um, mm. bariatric patients. And so you do get to see the different, you know, realm of different um, impacts that start this ball rolling and get them to that point where, you know, some people have had an accident at work and they've been quite active up until that time and, you know, quite fit and healthy, but something will floor them and then they're on steroid medication and then they're gaining weight and then they can't exercise. Mm. And so that those things, and then those people are getting looked at as, oh, you lazy thing, you're overweight, but without knowing the full backstory. And I think that's where we need to get to is we are a story and we're not just this end product that's got me to the point where I'm, you know, I need surgery to help me to recover from that. We are complex beings. <laughs> yeah. Like even like, like childbirth is a big one. Like a lot of people that within the community as your childbirth, you know, the most beautiful thing there is. But it's like, unfortunately, when you develop certain patterns or habits, it's really hard to break those. And I think that's when you break a lot of people down. Um, it's, it's just habits that develop over a long period of time. And, it, and that's why I say paragic surgery, as much as it's an amazing tool, you have to be willing to start breaking those habits down. And it's not going to happen over the first year where you lose all that weight mm. um, because you develop these habits over, you know, my case, 30 years. That's right. So it's going to take me a lot more than two years to break all these mini habits down and, and start undoing them. And I think speaking about that, you know, people are supported really well for the first year, which we call the honeymoon period. I don't know if you yeah. refer to it as that. It's like yeah. you're not hungry, you're losing heaps of weight, you put it in your portion bowl, you eat it. But the next year is when there's not as much support and when that kind of hunger returns and the, those habits can start to sneak in. And I think that's when we need a bit more of an understanding about what people need for the long term. And I do see a lot of patients are not 100% um, aware of this whole lifetime commitment to these habits and this new way of running your life. And I also think that the expectation after surgery is to turn your life completely upside down. The way you eat, the way you think about food, the way you have to understand food, what, how much is protein. Some people don't even know what protein is before they have the surgery. And we're expecting them to know what a meal is made out of. So the learning curve is ridiculously steep. And then we're like, off you go and good work. You're losing weight. And, you know, there's a whole lot of different factors that are, you know, that that speaks to. I know you're a big advocate for removing the stigma from being overweight, as well as the choice to have weight loss surgery. How can we be more instrumental in spreading the message that being obese is not always a choice? Well, I think we're slowly getting there. And I had a word to my surgeon about it the other week. You know, the social media side of things is definitely helping with it because more people that put their story forward and help others understand, you know, not, not just the case that they're losing weight, but it's changing their life, it's helping them. I mean, slowly breaking that stigma because it's kind of like, you know, alone we're strong together, unstoppable because it's like the more there are, the more people start to understand that, hey, this isn't just saving life, creating life, you know, and I think the biggest part is like, why well, I want to break the stigma. It's not so much I don't want people, I don't want to push people to have barrage surgery and be like, you know, you should do it. It's more making them feel comfortable with having, making that decision when they finally get to that point. And I think that's a big key because I don't want it to be so normalized and, and mainstream for people that it's a first option. You know, they're choosing it over trying a diet or, or trying a different change to their lifestyle. They, they, they're still using it as a last case scenario, but they're mm. feeling more comfortable with their decision. Yeah, that's correct. And I think also when you look at revision surgery, when we talk about this two-year point where bad habits have slipped back in and weight gains, you know, starting to happen mm. and then people are like, should I have more surgery? 
And that's a time for another sort of intervention with education and exploring what that patient is um, experiencing, what their mindset is, what their eating habits are before, you know, they automatically think about, well, I need more surgery to help with my weight gain because all the surgery in the world is not going to fix that if the habits are not solidified. And that is, I think, where we could do better is with education and support and um, ongoing input from professionals if if the need arises. And some people sail through it. They do a great job, but a lot of people are um, lost. And I think that's where we would get a a higher um, long-term result from the surgeries if we could support a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's not even just to the outside of, you know, we talk about education to others, GPs, blah, blah, but it's like within the Barrage community, I think we need to really focus on education because I know for me, for example, and and other people that I've seen go through this bariatric surgery, um, you know, the people that approach it with, it's a fresh start, it's a new beginning, it's a chance to re-educate myself, Mm. um, usually end up doing better because they're they're, they're kind of wanting to make those changes. They're wanting to approach this differently than they have in the past. Mm. Um, Where you see people who are justifying bad decisions two or three years out when they're starting to regain weight and they're starting to be like, you know, I'm putting on this weight, this is is normal, you know, and stuff like that, that's Mm. where, you know, you need to kind of say, hey, is this just turning into another diet? That now your chance to sit down and and start trying to break yourself down because it's very hard. You know, we all have egos and we we never want to be wrong and we never want to do things wrong. But I think especially within Barrage community and and being overweight and obese, we need to say, hey, we haven't done things right. Mm. Um, Now's our chance to sit down and actually break ourselves down, understand it better and, and, you know, start making those tiny steps. It's not going to be huge overnight. It's not going to be, I think that in in, in society these days, we want that instant reward. You know, we want that um, instant gratification for something. And I think with bariatric surgery, we need to approach it like, yes, that first year, you're going to get a lot of that sense of I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm accomplishing what I want to accomplish. Uh, but you've got to understand two years out, three years out, it starts mm-hmm. to slow down. And, and, you know, you start to have to really deal with those issues head on. And the more you do in that first year, the, the easier it's going to be because you do have those little habits kind of help you out while you still establish who yeah. you are. So I think it's really important to like look at that first year, yes, for the weight loss, but also look at that first year as your mental freedom to understand what you need to change and, and where you need to head and what direction you need to push yourself in in order for this to be a long-term solution. Yeah, wow, that's great hearing from you as well. And just on that note, where would people look for this information support down the track when we see people are three years out, two years out, and they're still, you know, they're getting hungry and their habits are slipping back in again? What what would you see as a good place to, you know, get support in that time? Well, I think that's why we're very lucky and the more that it goes on, the better it gets, you know, mm. whether it's, you know, the BN Bariatric page has great information, you know, the Instagram community has great board. It has great information, some good, some bad. Mm. Um, you know, your surgeon, you can't go wrong. They get paid the big bucks for a reason. You know, talk to your nutritional team, talk to whoever it is that they recommend because un- they understand it from a different angle, but a better angle sometimes than what we will. I think also sometimes it's just a case of you're going to have the best answers for yourself. You know, there's nothing better than self-reflection, especially if you're approaching it with an open mind to understand that you do have things to fix mm. because every day has lessons if you're willing to see them, uh, whether it's, you know, eating because you're bored, not hungry, you know, if it's little things like that over time will eventually turn into big things if you're willing to sit there and understand that they're lessons and not just, you know, it's just day by day, you know, if you're willing to break yourself down and understand things from a different angle, you're always going to make progress in the right direction. Yeah, correct. And it's, you know, self reflection and looking at yeah. it's a hard know, thing to do I like know. honestly it's like sometimes you know I, I i that was the biggest thing i always say is the best thing i ever did was lose my ego and start mm. to understand that maybe i am the issue like i have 
issues, you know. Did you no just one say wants that? Be, yeah, but it's like, you know, I know I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. And I think Anyone as soon as we can, sit back yeah. and, yeah, as soon as we sit down and we start going like, hey, I have an issue. What is that issue? Yeah. Um, or I don't know the answer. Um, it's a really powerful position for someone to be in because mm-hmm. you're in a point of learning. You're in a point of education. You're in a okay. point of, you know, a deviation in the road where you're actually maybe heading in the direction you should have went in the first place. Like, yeah, correct. And I think when we look at the statistics, obesity and or overweight and obesity increased from 63% in 2014 to 67% in 2017. There's a lot of us who are not getting it right. And I don't think it's something we should be embarrassed about. I mean, we've got the food Mm. industry ramming food in front of us that really, you know, they're trying to bring in the sugar tax again. I heard that today, which is interesting, but the foods we are offered at the supermarket, we, if you don't, if you don't have a degree, you could pick up something and think it's healthy and you're running, you know, your day on it. And it turns turns out that it's full of sugar. So I don't think people should feel beaten by the fact that they got to where they are because it's all stacked up against us the minute we walk out the door now with advertising and, you know, product placement and social media and all that sort of stuff. We've got the pressure to eat all this yummy food that's on offer, but then we've got this perfection, you know, um, that's showcased on Instagram and Facebook of all these beautiful young bodies that are, you know, also Mm. unattainable. So the battle in the head is also, you know, I don't know how many people feel on top of their nutrition because it's just so it's very complex and it's and I think there's there's some of the labeling that's in a subtle way a bit misleading um yeah and unless you know that you could think you're doing the best thing for yourself and away you go and you're putting on weight so how frustrating um oh, it is. I think like, yeah it, with 67 inflation are in that boat yeah understanding like food is a really complex thing like Ali just worked out what amino acids are you know like you don't want we're not all you know uh, dietitians or nutritionists um so you know when you look at a nutrition label like I put so much focus over the first year or so on protein but I didn't understand you know what what it actually did to my body and what other things would work alongside of it like mm-hmm. I think yeah it's a very overwhelming world when you come to food and it's, if you're looking at labels and like oh it's 99% fat free you know <laughs> yes it's, it's 99% fat free but it's also a lot higher in artificial sugars and, and other yeah. things to make you want more of it because you know we live in a world where they want you to buy more of it so exactly. you know it's usually the most bland untasteful stuff by itself is usually the, the the, the stuff that has the less additive to it. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, with the human brain, we like that. You know, we like taste. We like that stimulation and, and relief. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So it is, you know, it's um, we have to walk out the door and keep saying no, no, no. And if you're not mm. the kind of person who can say no all the time, not only that, obesity is, you know, all of your endocrine system is out of whack and your hunger is turned on to a thousand percent. Just, you know, you just never feel satisfied. And that's a genuine condition. It's not that you're just greedy or you want lots of food or you're always, you know, sitting there eating, it's because you genuinely don't feel full. And then we've got all the food in the food courts that are really supporting it. So it's, um, it is a complex issue and it's lovely to see in the news that we're slowly pulling it together and actually um, looking at how long it's taking for people to reach out and get help and, and hoping to speed that process up as well. And mm. um, no, it is, it is. go ahead. Yeah, no, it is, it is a really good thing to see because it's, it's like as much as you mentioned the statistic about obesity going up in Australia, the one statistic I keep looking at is the success rate of people who have bariatric surgery, that's a big statistic for me um, yep. because that tells me we're heading in the right direction if people make that decision. Mm-hmm. So yes, obesity is going up, but by, by having an understanding that you 
know, there is something that could assist you. And then also understanding that it's not as easy as signing a piece of paper, having your stomach cut out or whatever, having your plumbing changed um, and understanding that there's more after it. That is telling me through the statistic of more people being successful and not regaining after bariatric surgery that we may be heading in the right direction with education and, and support and different things like that. Yeah, well, even in the last 10 years, you know, there was there wasn't even a multivitamin that was suitable for weight loss surgery patients. Mm. So they were given pregnancy multivitamins or standard multivitamins. And then, you know, years down the track, they were like, oh, we've got bone density issues and all that sort of stuff. So there's research going on all the time now, which is really speaking to, you know, how to manage these people after they have had the surgery, which I think is, you know, we're only going to get such, we're getting such great information mm. um, all the time, which is quite interesting. So thank you for discussing the stigma around being overweight. And um, I really appreciate your time and reflection and your honesty around letting the ego go and opening up your mindset. So good on you. No, that's all right. That's what we're here for. You know, I appreciate you having me on and the more times I can sit down and talk to people and understand, you know, different situations and and put my, because I I, I honestly, I I have this conversation for no other reason than I I want to try and pass on Mm -hmm. smallest lesson if possible that I've been able to, you know, understand from my own journey. So um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And you can catch Shannon and his lovely partner, Alita, on the Barry Banter podcast. And we share those in our group in the VN Bariatric page on a weekly basis. And they're stories that, you know, it will highlight the fact that everybody's journey is different and it's well worth a listen. Thanks, Shannon. It's been great. Take care. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.